drive yourself mad worrying about all the people who are morons in the world who don't know things <laughs> which is a beautiful way to uh, start our 300th episode <laughs> I don't feel like that should be the segue I don't I don't want no, that to be the segue I, I want you to start with I don't think that should be the segue and let everyone wonder what the fuck we were trying to do <laughs> Oh, it was you oh. apologising for the abuse that you rained upon <laughs> the poor people who submitted top fives. The first time we tried to do this. This is Tripping Balls episode, Tripping Balls Knee Balls After Dark, shall we say. Yep. Episode 300. Um, 250 episodes ago, Bezo and I and Adam set off on the ambition of doing a Desert Island Discs episode to celebrate our 50th episode. It was the first time we'd actually had Adam on the on the pod. Oh, really? So it, was, it was quite interesting re-listening to that, listening oh, to okay. you guys work out your relationship in real time. Yeah. Um, uh, and we solicited, you know, Desert Island. The concept, people are familiar with the idea of a Desert, Desert Island Discs, which are, if you were stuck on a Desert Island, what are the five albums that would sustain you? Would that cover your entire music um, experience? It's, yeah. it's a little bit subtly different from your favourite favourite five albums of all time. It, they're the ones that have to capture your entire musical experience. So the, the fascinating thing about this is I deliberately didn't go back and listen to the 50th episode because you were sort of like, don't, you know, I'm not going to tell you. And I you. did because I wanted to prove <laughs> that, that we were actually nowhere near as bad as I thought we were and we were nowhere near as bad we were worse. <laughs> um, it, it went for two and a half hours. And by the end of it, I wanted to punch me in the face. <laughs> but I was we- like, shut the fuck up and let people talk, you fucking drunken wanker. Well, we were both, uh, to be fair, we were both very drunk. No, in, in no, 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 don't, no, don't. No? No, 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 no. I'll, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll put this on my big, my big old shoulders. I've got no problem with that. This was my fault. It was bad. And it was me. It was. Uh, it wasn't anybody else. It was sort of people like, "Oh, you've picked Tori Amos. I'd rather set my pubes on fire and throw myself in a fucking river." That's not helpful. That's not supportive. Uh, um, can I can I put that on a t shirt now? What burning pubes? <laughs> can I finally retire? Bezo is wrong. <laughs> you can put the Balls podcast. I'd rather set my pubes on fire and throw myself in a river than listen to this podcast. <laughs> Well, to be fair, that's that's what a lot of my friends still tell me. So, uh, yeah. Well, if they didn't pick such look, shit top fives, it would be a problem. <laughs> well, look, I know they're not going to listen to this, so you can say whatever you like. Um, they weren't actually that bad. I don't understand what the problem is. I think a lot. I think basically a lot of your friends hate your taste in music, and they're using the podcast uh, as an excuse. Like, oh, it's because you guys were mean to us on that podcast. In reality, they just hate, they just. You're horrible to them in real life, and the podcast was actually much much milder in terms of the response to their, their taste in music. I think the problem is actually you. You need to look in, look inwards, look inside, deal with your I, issues. I don't know whether Why I can't re- people like Rufus to solo Bezo. <laughs> I don't know whether I really grasped the concept last time. I, I, I'm I'm fascinated to know when I hear what my original top five was whether i like well that's just your top five that's not actually your desert island discs from that stage 
Well, I also, this afternoon, I also did a bit more digging and I discovered from 2010 when you and I mm. on our, when back yeah, in the when blogging we did our, days. Yeah, our one for when one. When we did our top, top 50, 50 albums of all time. Mm. Yeah, top 50, although you did them in, in kind of in batches of 10. So yep. maybe the, the top 20 are the most, most relevant for you. But it's um, it's interesting to compare that to the um, Desert Island Discs that we did in 2016 and to various other things that we've done across the journey. So I don't know about you, but I, I, I broke this up into five categories um, because, because I was what, – what I wanted I – re- I really took that, am I going to cover off all my moods and desires – and once, and like you, n- you never are, especially since we've listened to so many music, so much music. There's always going to be like oh, I'd really like to listen. No, so to many this. music. I listen so to many, many music. Many music. I've listened to our music on many Ooh. occasions. Lamar feels hitting already. Um, I, I guess there's always going to be that. You know, I want to listen to this particular album or whatever, and 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 the the whole concept of this is that you are not going to be able to do that, but you want to cover off like styles and moods and yeah uh, you know like I, I i definitely get into these bits where i'm like oh, i really want to listen to um this style of music you know i've just got this sudden you know i've got i've got a sudden need to go back and listen to 80s synth music and and it, like it only lasts for 3 or 4 days but mm. you know i'll listen to a whole bunch of stuff that i listened to in my 16 17 year old range and then I'll you know and then that'll do me for four or five years but occasionally you do have these moods hit you and you want to be able to cover off all that that's how I felt anyway I wanted to be able to cover off all those 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 needs we talked last week about the idea of a starting five that has like a basketball team that will have complementary skills that would cover off all the things that you would need yeah your five on on the court to be able to do for you but what you discover in trying to map this out along those lines is that there's no way you can cover every genre nope. that you want to cover no. with such an approach. So you're going to have to leave large blind spots and say, sorry, entire genre of music, you're not coming with me out to Rarotonga or wherever the fuck we're going with this. Yeah. I had some if, – if this had been a top five, it would be very different, I think, to, to what I actually picked. Um, yeah, and we've we've got examples of what a top five would actually look like because we've got our top our top fifties in twenty ten, and we also did a top you know a top ten of the twenty tens as well. So you could synthesize those two lists together and get a, a top whatever of all time between uh, uh, since we've covered off that entire period. Yep. So how do you want to do this? You want to do this one for one, or do you you want to run through yours and then I'll run through mine? No, let's do one for one, but I'll, I'll sort of lay out my methodology first, just to to give you a, a like an idea. So, well, I actually think it's probably better if you lay it, if if you just have a clear run then. Okay, so I, I want. Also, I wish that your internet wasn't on such a fucking delay because <laughs> this is really frustrating <laughs> to have it on. But then again, it wouldn't be the three hundredth episode yeah, if, yeah. if we didn't have your internet being on a ridiculous delay. Cheers to you, Malcolm. Uh, so here's how I sort of went. So. The first, the first uh, category is stone cold bangers cannot be left off for any reason, never, ever, ever. Which I think everybody knows what that is. Um, 
The second area was trip hop slash dance. Uh, the third area I'm calling not another Wellington fucking trumpet band. Uh, the fourth one was nostalgia and the fifth one was let's get weird. So the easy ones first. So little Sims gray area. Got to have it. Probably my favorite album of the podcast era. Uh, still listen to it all the time. Haven't got sick of it. Can't see myself getting sick of it. As my wife said, Vanessa said, am I on this island with you? And I said, yeah, of course. She goes, well, I might be over the other side of the island when this album's on. She goes, I might go for a little while. I picked a really bad moment to take a drink. She goes, I might go for a little walk. Oh, that's beautiful. It's like... Can I have a part of the island that's soundproof so I don't have to hear me again? And I'm like Picasso with the pen. Sims is not an area. Oh dear. Well, the thing is that I know you're dedicated to it because the person you spend all your time with fucking hates that album and wants it to die. Yeah. My kids like Sims though, so that's that's uh. Oh, we should we should mention up the front too. Like, how did you yes, go? But your with- kids are psychopaths, as we've discussed <laughs> in the sports episode. That's true. Um, we also had the hall pass song. How did you go with that? Did you, did you find that easy or hard? Because that was the as my um, albums changed, my my hall pass chong song changed massively. Yeah, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of kind of well, if if, if something slips to six, it's like well, suddenly it becomes a I need I need to grab like one of them, one of the songs from there. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll get to that. I'm sure in, in the fullness of time. Uh. So, so is that your Stone Cold Bangers? That's my Stone Cold Bangers. My, my nostalgia album. Uh, look, I, I varied. Uh, th- this sort of went from like early teenage years. So you know, you dire straits, you're in excess. Uh, all through grunge. So not not your Pearl Jam's, but your Stone Temple Pilots and and your Faith No More. Right up to sort of, I guess the first three or four years of uni, like like pre pre the alley days, I guess is where I'm I'm putting the nostalgia uh, time frame, uh, and I ended up settling on formative years. Yeah, formative years. Yeah, like like your, your typical what what we would call atrophied years. You know where. A lot of people sort of, this is their musical taste. This is the albums that they listen to. And they might listen to some new stuff off Triple J, but mostly if they're having a party, their their Spotify playlist is going to come yeah. from from these years. Uh, and New albums by the same artists. Yeah, yeah. They might, you know, yeah, they might they might go a little bit that way, but it's it's mostly The latest Foo Fighters album. Or the latest Chili Peppers album, if we were to keep it relevant. Uh, so I hey, went with- want to know something? Yeah. You, in your top fucking five albums of all time yes. in 2010- Had Blood Sugar. Had Blood Sugar Sex yeah, Magic. And, and look, I, consi- I, yes. I considered it for the nostalgia slot. Um, absolutely. Uh, but I, I went with Hunters. Hunters and Collectors, the, the live album. I just- I don't think I could go the- which one? The living in large rooms and lounges. Is there any way we could deal with this fucking delay? Because it is absolute 
Do, do it is an absolute to... fucking nightmare. Shall we reboot? Might as well. Can't hurt. I think it's probably probably a good idea. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Music. 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 Fuck. Look, you joked about there being nothing more balls podcast than us having to have a massive break for restarting multiple computers and fucking around with the internet. And oh my god, just I thought this iMac had just died. I thought it was dead, and it might it might necessarily might not be that far away. Beyond a joke, isn't it? That we uh, we struggle on. We struggle on. So I I done. Let me. I'm going to figure out a way to, as, as the dude who has to edit this shit together. Uh, where are we? You just, were talking about. I, I know I've like done Little had, Sims. How yeah, I-, so, I think I feel like we need to talk more about Little Sims because it was. It's important to have. By the way, the, um, the, the delay is much less now. I don't okay. know why. Because before we had like several seconds. It was literally, it was like being on, on like a via satellite news link up in the fucking 80s or something. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how many of these songs, how many of these songs, how many of these albums are podcast era, because of course most of the 2016 stuff. In fact, everyone, everything we picked in the 2016 uh, Desert Island Discs exercise was pre-podcast era stuff. Yep. Uh, Do we need to say anything more about Little Sims? I think. Yeah, Little no, Sims no, no, no. Is, Little, Little I mean, Sims. Little Sims was two years ago. It's not. It's not – I don't think you could say it's a um, – like a recency bias pick. Like I've, I've listened to this. This this album literally topped my Spotify list, you know, dominated the top 20 two years in a row. So uh, I, I guess two years is right on the edge of recency bias, but um, yeah. I'd say three years because it is 2022. Yeah, and okay. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure we were reviewing it around Easter 2019. Yep. Yeah, because I've was, got a pretty clear memory of listening to it up it, in Nelson. It was a it was a double week. Remember, we had it for two weeks because I was like, mm. I was, I can remember being so happy that I had another another week to just bask in this and not have to move on to the next album. It was like I was stoked. I really was. Um, we were staying in a place that had no internet, so apart from you know. So 3G like, or 4G. So like my place now. Yeah, basically, this is we were camping at your joint. Uh, now this was this little this little shack that was literally on a on an inlet, you know, near uh, in in Marpur, I think it was up, up up Nelson Way. It didn't have the internet, but it had its own kayaks. So we just sort of, and and literally you just drag them out the back door and you are in the water. So at high tide. So uh, I thought it was a fair exchange, but the children not so much. <laughs> not so much. Yeah. No. Uh, okay, so that's my Stone Cold Banger. Slash podcast era pick. Yeah. Although there might be others. Uh, there, 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 there's definitely some... Yeah, the possibility okay. of others don't give away the game. So my second... I don't know whether it's it's an easy one because I'll swing back around to this, but I, I wanted a nostalgia pick because I, I am definitely a nostalgic really music young. listener. I go through these phases where... I want to dip back into that, you know, formative era of my 
my musical upbringing and mm. just sort of like enjoy something that I really liked. And that's why I went with that Hunter's double live album, Living in Large Rooms and Lounges. It's like I listened to it this week at like from start to finish and the the... The, the prickling, like the hairs on my arms still go up every time I hear, yeah, we're going to do a really uh, strange version of the slab. Like, it just it just gets me every fucking time. Just that that little um, cue that makes me drop into, um, into like, it, it's not an album in terms of, like, the, the songs weren't all written for one album, right? But it's it still... I still feel like it conceptually feels like an album because of the way they performed it. That like they really put some thought into the order in which they performed it and how it came out to the audience. Like this wasn't just a random bunch of live songs that they picked from several different shows that, you know, were the best versions of that song. It's not like a greatest hits live version. It's 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 something that they put together with some thought. Like it's 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 almost like a it's like an it's it's almost like they went and performed an album live, but they picked all of their songs. And yeah, yeah, I remember somebody telling you last week that if either of us picked a, a, a live album, we would judge each other according. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, and, and judge 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 away, judge away. Um, uh, it's not the same as Adam picking the the Beatles the number Beatles. ones and Stevie Wonder's number ones as his first two albums for his Desert Island discs, but it's not that far away. Okay, look, but I, but I, I think I, we I, did I'll talk about it. this album a little bit last week, and we said, okay, this was this isn't just your usual turn up at the at the fucking stadium and perform the stadium versions of your, of your you know this isn't the Could You Bay Hotel versions of this. And funnily enough, I, I actually considered two live albums because the other one I, I think is just a, a stone cold classic is that Portishead um, with the orchestra album. NYC. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to live albums. So that that gives me two. Um, so, man, this is where it gets tough. The the dance slash trip hop album. So, you know, electronica. Electronica, yeah. So this is, you know, your Massive Attack, your Chemical Brothers, your Portis Head, uh, your Fatboy Slims, like Prodigy, real Prodigy, and <laughs> like I, I, I sort of threw this out to, to Ness and and said, you know, what would you go? And she actually, and she said, not Little Sims for fuck's sake. Well, no, she actually went, well, fuck off your Wellington trumpet bands and pick, you know, pick- Two a dance bands. Yeah, pick Chemical Brothers and Massive Attack. And it's, uh, I, I think it's too much crossover. But I have to say- She is going to ask for a different island. Yes, that's right. We're going to be in an archipelago. It's like little islands next to each <laughs> <Yes>. other. <laughs> Desert island archipelago might have a thing to it. You just have as many fucking islands as you need to be able to have another group of five albums. I'm just going to row out to the archipelago and listen to my trip hop collection. So I, I went with um, Surrender by the Chemical Brothers. And, like, we've been over... Um, like we've been over that Chemical Brothers run where there's like a, a four album, almost five album run where it really does 
jump around, but I, I, I think I, I really think I've, I've settled on Surrender as being maybe not the best album, but the album that I enjoy the most because it's got a it's got the most range of the type of things that I like about the Chemical Brothers. You know, from the the real poppy single in Hey Boy Hey Girl to like the the very sort of uh, I don't know computer based you know tapping the buttons song in music response like music response is like you, you know that's where they're really t- twiddling the knobs the most um, and then you've got the classic sort of Gallagher brother <laughs> uh, which is the only way I enjoy the Gallagher brothers um, vocal in Let Forever Be uh, I don't know it's just it covers off everything that I like about the Chemical Brothers in one album. So, as much as I, I love Mezzanine, and it's really, really hard not to pick it, I'm going to go with Surrender by the Chemical Brothers. So that's three. Surrender by the Chemical Brothers was in your De- Desert Island Discs of 2016. So Hunter's it was, was also it? Num- and it was also number eight on your top 50 albums of all time in 2010. Where was Hunters on that top fifty albums? Was it in there? It would have been in there. Oh, in, in the top fifty. Um, not sure. Actually. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think we made a specific preclusion against live albums. In okay. That. Yep. Fair enough. Because fair I, I have noticed that I, I had a separate on my list. I had a separate yeah, we top mi- ten we live albums. We might have done something. Yeah, something different for the live albums. Um. Yeah, I had a separate list of, of really good live albums, actually. My top ten live albums I'd probably be happy to be stuck on a desert island with. But uh, but as you've always noted, the, the Hunter's studio albums generally sucked. So you've not yeah. picked a single one of them. So Wellington Trumpet Band, which I'm, I'm also going to include Funk. Funk and Dub. So I'm going to put Gentleman's Dub Club. I'm going to put Jungle in here. I'm going to put... Uh, Aaron Fraser in here, Fat Freddy's, Salmonella, and very few of these people are from Wellington. <laughs> uh, Troy Kingy. This was I, I probably spent more time on this this week. Like all the other ones, I was like, right, you know, the the the, the Massive Attack Chemical Brothers thing gave me a little bit of grief, but this is where I really fucking struggled. Um. Because, like, it sort of ranges. Like, Salmonella Dub is where I started. And then I go into that, you know, that Fat Freddy's, watching them live. They're still probably my favourite ever live band to... But I think what it comes down to, and, like, this is literally a a game-time decision where I've gone... (laughs) What... What like like it comes back to that podcasting, right? What gives you the most joy? What do you most... Uh, and, and so I wanted a balance of of down and up too. Like I, I didn't want all sort of really, uh, not like I, I find Troy Kingy and and um, Jungle really like positive poppy. Not maybe poppy is not the right word, but but really upbeat, happy music. Like it makes me happy to listen to them. Specifically, the Troy Kingy, uh, the Freddie Caesar album. Because of course he jumps from genre to genre to genre yeah. relentlessly. So when you just throw Troy King's name out there, 
Not all of it sounds like that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm specifically talking about the Ghost of Freddy Caesar here, not, not troking gen- generally. So as much as it kills me to leave Fat Freddy's drop off my, off my island, I'm gonna, gonna have to go the Ghost of Freddy Caesar <laughs> because I think I just uh, like. Well, at least it's a Kiwi band if you're gonna yeah, have a, yeah. Yeah, the, the FWTB band. Look, the the only thing and and Jungle Cat. And, and I should say that, that for, for 2016, you also left the uh, the Fat, Fat Freddy's off the list because you picked Killer Vision by Salmon Salmon Dub. So yeah, uh, you're continuing your tradition of snubbing Fat Freddy's drop. Well, this is one of my favourite bands ever. Ah, uh, I, I just and the other thing. So, when I went back and listened to, to Boats, there's a couple of songs that are a bit weak in it. Um, it's a little bit too cliched cafe music these days. Too. Yeah. Uh, and you can't put that out of your mind, the fact that it is, it's lost, it's, it's, it's sharp edge has been dulled by Look, the, um, the, the, the kind of punters who listen to it these days. The, the bangers are still bangers, right? You know, Rody is just like... It ne- it never gets old, and seeing Roadie live is one of life's great fucking pleasures. It's just fucking. But that Troy King album is just so happy, and it's 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 fantastic start to finish. Now, in ten years, another podcast album too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, in ten years' time, will I be a little bit more critical of the weaker songs on that album as I am of Boats? Because, like, I probably listened to Boats more than any other album in the history of music. Quite possibly. Um, but, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Ghost of Freddy Caesar here. Which leaves me with The Weird, which, funnily enough, is the album that started uh, this all off. I believe it was the reason. Like, have we ever determined that um, that Lavage was the first album that we sort of reviewed for the for the um, for the podcast? No, I think it was. Um, I don't think we started with new. I think we started with classics, and I think we probably started with uh, Fire by Electric Six. Well, this would have been a classic because this is the two thousand and one album. It wouldn't have been a new. Yeah, album. yeah, yeah. Well, this is the music to. Music yeah, to music to make love lady. to you, to your old lady by yeah, which is a, a collaboration. My, mu- music for Mike Patton to get his weirdness out with. Uh, you know, th- this is like a a pure concept album by Patton and Jennifer Charles. Uh, it's just like the, the thing I really like about it is that it's not. It's not pretending. There's no pretense to this album. It's a sex album, and it doesn't pretend. It fucking goes hard. It's which is important for sex, I suppose. <laughs> well, the, the, and the, the, this album is why I felt a little bit better about um, leaving Massive Attack off because this is not quite true pop, but it's. I'm not sure I see the same. You know, Massive Attack is not is not sex music. No, no, but unless you're having a cry wank, but. The beats, the beats, and the like, the styling is—you can see trip hop influencing this, I guess. Um, I, I feel with this and the Chemical Brothers, I'm, I'm covered, and this is my down. Like this is my, this is my slinky sitting around having a whiskey on the, you know, 
because of course I've got you know 12 12 to 15 year old whiskey on this desert island where I'm kicking back uh, yeah so this is my uh, I don't know it, it's the weird it's the weird that this is the only way to describe it it's a really weird album no one makes music like this very often you know it like, this is the thing. Where, not even, not even your man, piss drinker. He, he doesn't even know, like, music that often. Like like that. No one's really made an um. Like you, you're much more likely to get something like that. Silk Sonic, right? Which is a, a like a pastiche or a a, par- a yeah. parody of of black exploitations. Yeah, but sexiness. but all but, but but too washed out and too yeah. and too desperate to be corporate. That, that's right. It's it's lo- too Bruno fucking Mars, unfortunately. To, well, it's um, it's to, to really succeed. It's Disney, right? It's the Disney of this album. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Yeah, Whereas yeah. this album is just like, no, we're going to have a woman orgasm for the last forty-five seconds of a song. Um. But that just makes it sound like a fucking uh, like poison or something like that from the eighties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I just love this album. So congratulations on having absolutely no crossover with your top your top five of uh, of twenty ten. None. No, Kevin. None. I, di- I didn't have surrender. Here's your list from from twenty ten. Uh, Bezo and I both uh, wrote blog articles uh, with our top 50 albums because we were t- we, we, the conversations that led to this podcast and it's interesting to, to read the, the the preamble to my blog is literally the the, the pretense for this podcast so it says uh, earlier this year we were ranting about the death of the album and the significance of the studio album as a band's definitive statement of art and intent in time and space at that particular moment of their journey um, albums are a time capsule of a band's environment, influences and development, which which cherry-picking tracks off iTunes is never going to reflect the same rich iTunes, depth. iTunes, lol. By God, who's this person who writes? And there's plenty of bands who have never been able to get their shit together to r- lay down that one coherent statement, just despite writing great music and me- being, in many cases, great live acts. Punters and Collectors, Black Sabbath, Foo Fighters and the Black Crows are arguably all examples of bands whose potential never really validated into a great single album you can wave at hipsters as evidence moving with music was never as good as it was long before they bought their first pair of oversized white rim sunnies. Who the fuck wrote this? What a cunt. This is this is me 12 years ago. Um, so, so to the end, the Venerable Bezo and I set each other a challenge, list our top 50 studio albums of all time with the following, following provisos. No compilation albums, no live albums. We had quite a bit of to and fro on this, but in the end of a live album has a standout advantage versus a studio album in that it's inherently a compilation of sorts. Um, only one album per artist, only pick from albums you own. I had forgotten about that uh, mm. as a requirement. But, well, um, that, isn't, isn't that a, like an anachronism from a different time? Like well, <laughs> twenty ten, yeah. So, so, so you were broken. Run you ten to ten to one. Dakota Ring, Taste the Secret by Ugly Duckling, Surrounded by Chemical Brothers, Angel Dust by Faith No More, mm. which was also in your Desert Island discs. Um, Deep Down and Dirty by Stereo MCs, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by The Chilling Peppers. Hold <laughs> up, you hypocritical cunt. Um, Shinky Row, Killavision, Foggy Highway by Paul Kelly, and The Calling by Hilltop Hoods. Mm. Um, which I don't know if you, I don't know if your affection for that album is quite as great now as it was in 2010. Okay, so uh, uh, a couple of things there. Um, the Cat yeah. Empire when we were 11th. So. Yeah, right. That's one that's aged badly. Um, definitely considered Deep Down and Dirty for my nostalgia album. Uh, but I feel like I 
sort of had, because that's hip hop, and I felt like I had that covered by Little Sims. Yeah. Whereas I didn't feel like I had, uh, like, that the Hunters is my only, like, and they're not really rock. Would you call them rock? Pub rock? No. Nah, less than even be not oil. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, they're, but they're just at for least- the record, your um, your Desert Island Discs albums of 2016, mm. Angel Dust, Boats, Wild Colonial by your man Ozzy Butler, oh. Living at Breakneck Speed was the Ugly Duckling album you went for, and Surrender by the Chembros. Jeez, I forgot that. I forgot about that that Ozzy Butler album. Jesus Christ, I haven't listened to that in a while. That's a really good album. Wow. What are you taking off? No, no, like... Uh, I mean, that's the thing. You're like, okay, you've got to find space for it if you wanted to put it in. Well, it would have to go into that. It is a different sort of album to everything else that's on there. It, it would definitely go into that nostalgia spot, I think. Yeah, it, would have, it would have to replace almost like in the Australiana space. Oh, I think, I think, it, would be, I think it would be in that nostalgia space, but I, I, I guess... But that's what that- I mean. Hunters and, and Wild Colonial are, are telling a different... Telling different stories about Australia, but they are stories about Australia. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and even that Paul Kelly album is in that space, right? Yes, Foggy uh, Highway is is telling stories about Australia. Did do, do consider Foggy Highway for the nostalgia. Um, I just don't think I listened to it as much. See, I, I really considered for that nostalgia spot. I'm like, how often do you listen to that album? And, and that that's probably where Aussie Battler's fallen out. Is I just haven't listened to that album in a while. I listened to that to that Hunters album like I don't know once every two months. Just just throw it on when I'm cooking. Yeah, um, and this is where a kind of a pointy headed thinky album, which is kind of what um, Wild Colonial is. It's an album that makes you think and yeah. makes you reflect, and you you can't. It's harder. I'm not going to say you can't enjoy it in a very kind of relaxed, casual context, but it's. Its strengths are listening to it at a, at a sort of more intensive level than that. Uh, that's where it's going to struggle in this sort of context. Yeah. An album that makes you think isn't necessarily something that you want to be in your top five for the rest of time. It, it's also covered off by, you, you know, like, a, a, and this is where Ugly Duckling, like, was considered and it's like, no, I've got hip-hop, I've got beats and rhymes with Sims. I'm not having another beats and rhymes. You don't know, but you don't have what Ugly Duckling provide. No, which no. Is ruminations but- on on your like the thing about Ugly Duckling. Like uh, I'm trying to give another example, but I can't. Um, that's a, rel- a relatable storytelling that that talks about your experience. I mean, obviously not your experience on the island because yeah. they're not writing songs about you being on an island unless they're fucking. <laughs> but but if unless I- they're Weezer writing about being on an island in the sun. But if I had gone that if I had gone that slot now, it would have been a format album. It, it wouldn't have been Ugly Duckling. I think I, I think I, I think format and abdominal have, have surpassed Ugly Duckling. Is that uh, sa- slightly sardonic? Well, they're still recording, which helps. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 and I definitely considered two format albums. But yeah, because I was trying to cover all my bases. Sims sort of didn't diminish them, but like made it less less important for me to have that like 
Sims yeah, is no. your starting point guard. Yeah. You don't need another point guard. I, I know, but it's it's like I'm, I'm double guessing. I know, I know this I'm is not- a really facile way of thinking about it, but that's kind of the way I thought about it. It's like yeah. I've got a point guard. I don't need another one. I need a shooting guard. What have I got? Yeah. I don't need a punk album. I've got a fucking I've got garage punk album. I'll be fine. Yeah. Um man. <laughs> All right. You, you start before I reconsider my top five. All right. It's uh, the, the cutoff point is now. Bing, uh, done. I've locked it in. Locked it in. I'm going to start with the album that I'm the most confident about because this is the problem. I've been rethinking it and rethinking it and I've been scratching names off and putting names back in, but my my concept is the starting five. It is I need to have – these are not my five favourite albums of all time because we've covered them over and over again. Uh, we've, we've we've done it in, in, in 2010. We did our top 50 albums of the year of, of all time. In in 2020, we did our top uh, 10 albums of the previous 10 years, and, and we've done this over and over again. So it's not that. This is me packing for a big holiday. I need one of everything. I need – to know that I've got all of the fucking all of the Venn diagrams covered, so, that's so, kind of how I view this one. So can I just jump in here? I'm really fascinated to see whether you pick anything in the hip hop slash true pop slash dance space because I think when we started this podcast, there would not have been even the conception that you could find something in that space. But I was sort of wondering whether you were like, I've got to have a hip hop album. I've got to have something in. The- I've got to have one of these albums that I've stand for in the last four or five years because you have you've been like really uh, strident in your support for quite a few big hip hop albums in the last five years. My 2016 um, Desert Island Discs were in order: ACDC Live, Motorhead Ace of Spades. Jimi Hendrix, are you experienced? The Hives, your new favourite band, which I was surprised by, thinking back. And Jimmy Page and the Black Crows, Live at the Greek. So that is two live albums <laughs> and <laughs> just you- a hell of a lot of white dudes with guitars. After you smashed me for one live album. Which well, was- that was that was then. I mean, yeah. and, and look, compare that with Adam, who had literally fucking yeah, um, the Beatles number ones, Stevie Wonder number ones. Uh, Vulgar Display of Power by Pantera, Hysteria by Def Leppard, and then Full House by John Farnham, which was a live album. Uh, 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 so uh, you actually uh, were, ironically, you were closer to the actual concept the first time round than any of us were. So I don't know, right at the start of this episode, you were saying that you didn't really get it the first time round. No, 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 you got it much better than any of the fucking rest of us. So I'm going to start with what I think I've settled in my um, my 44th year on this earth with what I believe to be my favourite album of all time. Uh, and this album captures the new rock zeitgeist of the early aughts, which was a period in which I kind of... I suppose that's my peak period of, of loving music. Um, and that's the Datsun self-title album, The Datsuns. It was number four on my top 50 albums of all time in 2020. 2010, um, and it was also it narrowly missed out of being in my Desert Island Discs of 2016. Um, this is like Led Zeppelin could be asked to write a coherent album because they they were literally that good, and that's why fucking John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin came and produced their second album because their first album was such a 
incredible tour de force of um, uh, of songwriting and and uh, and guile and force and thrust and just poncing about and doing awesome shit. Um, I love the shit out of this album. It's it's both a, a nostalgia pick but also a genre pick. It, it it marks a period. All of the albums that I've picked kind of are kind of subjugated by genre rather than by you know. Um, Nostalgia or something, a period, a period in time. They're kind of a, a they're kind of genre picks. So the, the Datsuns first album, I've always I've loved the Datsuns ever since. But that that first album was such a brilliant effort that um, I, uh, I have to I have to mark that down. I, I thought you oh, would have a Datsuns or a Slater Kinney or a uh, the Black Seeds. Black Crows. The Black Crows. That, that, that was yeah, well, one. Black, black Seeds are, are your fucking yeah, Wellington. Yeah, sorry, that, that's another one. I did kind listen. of a poppy uh, uh, yeah. Freddy's, yeah. I, I did listen to yeah. that. that. That was where I thought your sort of, I don't know, not not nostalgia. Like, I, don't, I, think, I almost think ACDC is your nostalgia band, but that was one where I thought you, that, that is like a, a, a style of, like a, like a, almost an admiration pick. Like you really admire the the craft and the and the what they're trying to do with the music. What sort of newer newer bands doing older music kind of feel? Yeah. Also the fact that I was around for it, and I think that makes a huge difference because that also makes that nostalgia pick where you went and saw them live, and you you've you know you've paid your money and you've been there and you've seen how they've evolved over time. Um, I do have a, absolutely have a what I'm calling the classic rock pick, which is ACDC. Um, it's hard to pick ACDC, but what I did was I, when I looked up the um, our top 50 albums of all time in 2020, I was surprised to see that Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap uh, was my number one album of all. And that in the same process, I was thinking that's probably my favourite ACDC album. So that kind of reinformed it. Um, the, the Australian release version of, of Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, which is the one that has, you know, Dirty Deeds and all that sort of stuff. But it also has Jailbreak. It has all these... It has remarkable range for an ACDC album. It goes from this kind of, you know, loud, gravelly pub rock to um, kind of wistful lamentations about, you know, uh, life on the road to just, just bluesy rock up and down kind of stuff. But, and then finishing with Jailbreak, which is a hell of a statement. Um, uh, yeah, it's um, it's peak Bond Bond spot, and it is a tremendous fucking album. So that's my uh, that's my classic rock pick from 1976. All right, that's two. This is me pausing for a cough. I'm, I'm glad I'm having I, a good time. I'm glad I poured a very large scotch. Yep. Um, there needs to be something that's not just a bunch of dudes on here. So um. I was very keen to have some ovaries somewhere involved. Um, so the place that I'd kind of bracketed to have at least one fe- uh, female-led band um, was kind of being fought out over by Veruca Salt and by the Donners. Yeah. Um, but in the end, the Donners spend the night uh, won that one. So uh, that's my that's my pick for that particular category. Not saying that women only deserve one place out of five, but that's just how that kind of worked. Excuse me. Lots of, um, still lots of guitars, lots of guitars. Oh so yes, far. but this is also this also covers off basically all of Ramones era punk and 
glam rock, and it also yep. it's a very versatile pick in that in the, 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 the noises they make mean that the rest of rock and roll music is pretty much covered for, and don't have to worry about it. Uh, these guys were just outside the top ten in my the top fifty of twenty ten. Um, yeah, there are these, these girls love a riff, and uh, this was basically their peak riff. And this album was really fucking. I love the shit out of this album. Period. This is also a nostalgia pick. Remember going to see them in twenty oh three, I think, at the um, Waterloo Hotel. Uh, terrible old wooden contraption way out near Newstead. And that uh, was a really fucking good show. So, well, for, uh, for, for, the, supported by the the Casanovas, I think. For the four hundredth episode, we should probably uh, do like Desert Island live sets. <laughs> we'll be dead by then. What the fuck are you talking about? We'll all be nuked. Um, so that's three. That's three. Let's go to four. Now, um, obviously, we need to have a little bit more representation of, of uh, acts that don't fit in the general kind of uh, remit of, of you know. We, we don't just want white guys playing guitars. Uh, so that's why my fourth album is Raw Blood's debut album, mm, uh, which was white yes. guys playing bass and yes. drums. Um, so this was a tough spot because this is kind of in the. It's hard to define what they did, but what they did was kind of, if anything, more similar to Desert Rocks, so a Queens of the Stone Age, and Fu Manchu and bands like that. And I very came very close to picking a Fu Manchu album in this slot, but um, in the end, I picked that Raw Blood album because it was just such a. Such a monstrous thing. I went back and listened to it today, and I was like, "There isn't an is there isn't a track on here that I that I don't fucking I don't anticipate." You're like, "Oh, the next track is that one. Oh, that's fucking awesome! Can't wait to fucking hear it." Um, so, so which went, is which is just a, such a fucking shame that the, everything they've done subsequently has been incrementally worse every time. So, can I just jump in here with two podcast picks that I do that I considered? So, how did we get so dark? And almost free by Fiddler. Uh, I really wanted to try and jam them in somewhere, and it's like the, the the problem I have with both of those albums is I don't listen to them as albums. I go back and I listen to the tracks that I like, uh, particularly the Fiddler album. Like the first half, like I basically listen to the first half of the album and then go and listen to something else. Um, the Raw Blood album I sort of dip in and out of but I don't know whether I listen to it like I don't, I don't go to it the same way I would go to The Hunters or Fat Freddy's or Salmonella Dub and go I'm going to start from track one and I'm not going to stop until I finish the album or you know I'm just going to let it run and the way Spotify runs it'll run to something else and like six tracks later I notice oh, I'm not listening to the album anymore I've, I've gone into you know sounds like Royal Blood uh, and that's the only reason like I, I couldn't shoehorn both of those albums because guitar based albums in the in the podcast era though those are probably my two favorites uh, I do go back and listen to the alien weaponry album every now and again but that's because I just want to assault my brain with Alien Weaponry. I don't know whether yeah. I, I like that's it. If if I took that, I tend to, to like the concept of them more than yeah. I like the reality of them. Like, like, I, if, I love that they exist. Yeah, I, lo- I love individual tracks of them, but like sitting down to an hour and change of it is yeah. a little bit of a punish. It is, yeah, and, and that's, the that's thing, like because I'm not I'm not a metal guy. 
I'm yeah. much more hard rock. I'm much more, you know, or very like early '80s metal, which is you know, fucking Judas Priest and stuff like that, which is not anything nowhere near as brutal as, as what 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 metal has become over the years, over the June. Yeah, with that Raw Blood album was really important to me in the middle late 2010s because I wasn't listening to a lot of lot of new music and it was kind of an album an example of an album like oh wow I'm not totally washed I've discovered mu- new music from a new band I've never heard of that that uh, that I'm really into so it was, it was kind of bef- in the pre-podcast era it was kind of a marker that I wasn't completely washed so that's also why that album is quite cool to me anyway um and that leaves us one last slot to try and cover off basically the rest of music, <laughs> which involves punk rock, Britpop, the entire history of 60s and 70s psychedelia and heavy metal, which includes everything from Hendrix to Zeppelin, and uh, Deep Purple, fucking Black Sabbath, um, Electronica, you know, all your prodigies and your, and your all the rest of them. Um all kinds of bands that, that I really like and all kinds of acts that I really like, but what I decided to do was set it aside for hip-hop. What I decided to give it to yes. was the, the hip-hop album that has given me the most pleasure in the in the past uh, 43 years, which is Still Hungry by yes. DJ Format and Abdominal. I, I was really wondering where you'd go with this pick. I was like... This was bracketed with the Beastie Boys' Ill Communication, and I listened to it very seriously today and went... Ill Communication goes for an hour and there's enough weak points on that album that makes me go, I'd much rather just listen to fucking, I'd much rather listen to to Still Hungry because there isn't a, there are weaker tracks on that album, but there isn't a weak track on that album. Yeah. Uh, I I thought you might consider Starface and MF Doom for this spot because I I, I thought- It was, it was, it was probably bronze. It was, it was on the metal stand, but- I, I couldn't. It's not a better album than um, Still no. Hungry. And, and Still like, Hungry is the is the. I know Spirit Animal isn't the, isn't the phrase we're supposed to use anymore, but it is the Spirit Animal for our podcast. It is who we are. It is the most perfect testimony to what this podcast has done to our music taste. So, like, I considered this and uh, if you can't join them, beat them. Yeah. Which is 2005, which is the first abdominal and, and format sort of matchup, uh, which has you know participation prerequisite and ugly brothers and separated at birth, and, and like really is that first leaning into that sardonic. Let's take the piss out of ourselves, but I, I, but I think still hungry is like the pure distillation of format and abdominals yeah. partnership, and it, it also talks to us as old boys. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Because like, they are talking about being like doing like, it despite the fact that they are watch cuts. Like doing a doing a song, and like I listen to this song probably once every couple of weeks. Doing a song about checking your emails and yeah. having to cook dinner. The fact that you have no time to do any of the stuff that you yeah, want to do, it's and like, you've created pursuits because you've you've got to be a. You've got admin, yeah, you, and you've got fucking you, you've got a dog to look after, and you've got to be a fucking a decent partner to your to your other half, yeah, and support like, her when her when her because sh- given the fact that she's the only one who has an actual job, but, but but even the fact of like doing the doing the partner thing and and realizing that 
you have to sit down and watch the show with your partner, right? Which, like, who writes a song lyric about that? But it, it is actually true. That is actually how life goes. Sometimes you've got to sit down and watch the show that your partner wants to watch instead of checking Twitter or writing beats or... Like, it's just... I notice it doesn't extend to you not picking the albums that she hates. <laughs> well, look, she gets to pick Or is it own. the other way around? Is it, is it her... Not complaining quite so much when you make her listen to fucking little Sims that uh, that that shows how dedicated she is to to the yeah world. that's right she, she's she's there for three of my five albums and then two of them she's popping off to the other two side of them of the she's, she's gone down the path yeah all right so that's the five albums that's the five albums yeah what? and there were plenty of other album like uh, podcast era. Albums that I I love the guts out of, but you know, there's no space for them, like Warbly Jets and yeah, um, you know, albums that, that, like that. That uh, Next Men Gentle- Gentleman's Dub Club album mm. gave that a real basically every album of the year we've ever had. Yeah, you know, the, the there's plenty, there's plenty. Twenty and to remind of the 2017 was pretty amazing. I look back at our uh, album of the last decade special that we did for tw- for 2020. Um, and like, there's four from four albums from 2017 are in my top ten. So, okay. um, that, I think that was our year. Uh, I st- I still like the Little Sims year. I reckon that's a pretty good year. But name another album from it. Or Fiddler, Blood Red Shoes, Fat Freddy's Drop. You're just looking at a list. That that Blood Shoes wasn't a Fat Freddy's Drop album in 2019. Yeah, special edition. That was a piece of shit. There was two good tracks on it. Uh. Fiddler is a really good album, though. Almost free, like yeah, it was not good. It was it was it had a good it, front half. It was yeah. um, it was it, it was, was Foo good. Fighters' Color on the Shape. It had it had like seven yeah. really good tracks, tracks to open, and yes. then it then yes. it kind of shat itself in the running. Uh the, the that that start of that album though, it, you, you, you you can't. I don't think I don't think you get many better first four songs than that album. But anyway, uh, all right. What's your hall pass, Doc? What have you got? So I really wanted to pick um, the Fu Manchu album. Almost made it in in place of the um, the Raw Blood album. But the problem is the Fu Manchu album isn't an album. It was my favourite Fu Manchu album is Godzilla's Slash Eating Dust, which is actually two EPs they did smashed together and re-released. Um, but it happens to have my favourite Fu Manchu albums uh, songs on it. So what I'm going to pick. Um, what I'm going to pick as my uh, hall pass is Mongoose by Fu Manchu off the Eating Dust EP because um, it is it therefore covers off all of Desert Rock uh, which is another genre that I feel like I needed to cover off. so, so th- this was the other one that I really struggled with is that it, it was either that or ACDC li- um, Black, Back in Black Live which is the track I've listened to the most in my entire life, I think. Yeah, so, okay, so that, that that's a really good stepping-off point for me because I felt like... I, I felt like it really covered, the, like, my areas of interest, right, of what I wanted to listen to. So I always... I felt with... Yeah, like, like trip-hop is sort of covered by that Patton album. I, I felt like I was covered everywhere, and the only thing that, that there was two two little sort of itches that I hadn't scratched. One was pure pop, which is something that I 
am very selective about and have only sort of just come to appreciate since we've done the podcast, I reckon. I, I think my appreciation for like big guitar riffs and pure pop, which is bizarre because they're sort of opposite ends of the spectrum, have really uh, escalated from doing the podcast. I really feel like I, I'm much more open to both of those things. But then I don't have any Australian hip-hop. And Australian hip-hop is really where, like, you, you know, you know, that's where I... But, I, I, but you forgot about um, Well Colonial and you didn't include um, The Calling, which was your number one album in 2010. Right. So the, the, the two places that I came down to was Refizzler by Resin Dogs, which is a Lazy Grey track, or Beyonce's Partition. <laughs> Very similar songs, of course. Um, and if I you need to pick Brie Fessler. I mean, you've talked so much more. But this is the first time you've ever mentioned that Beyonce track on this podcast. You have mentioned Brie Fessler every four episodes for the past three hundred episodes. I, I listen to that Beyonce, Beyonce track a lot. I really like that Beyonce track, and I don't like. So this is this is where my this is where my brain. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not calling it yet. I'm going to make this right down to the wire. I'm going to yeah. call it for you. You yeah. being ridiculous. Pick fucking Brie Fizzler. That's what it. That's your song. That or that fucking or something from Shinky Road talking about playing back yeah, cricket with the taped up tennis ball. Yeah, but that's you. And look, if that song had been on Spotify, I would have picked it. But it's not on Spotify. It doesn't have to be on Spotify. All right. I mean, I almost almost picked um, Godzilla Attacks, but I think that is on Spotify now. The Stalkers track. Hmm. All right, let's let's go refizzler. I love Partition though. Partition is my perfect. I, I think it is the. It's like the perfect Beyonce song. But sure, but Australian hip hop was how you defined yourself for ten years. I mean, your entire fucking professional career was based around trying to push yeah, Australian hip hop. Trying to push Australian hip hop into the mainstream. Was was promoting Australian hip hop? Was being a fucking record label for Australian hip hop? <laughs> Beyonce will be fine. Yes, that's I'm true. sure yes. she'll get over not being included. Very good point. I'll go refizzler by the Resin Dogs. As you fucking should. Thank you very much for clarifying that for me. <laughs> good lord. Oh. Gotta talk a man out of insanity. So, so we've managed to do this in fifty minutes instead of what a city, what a lady. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> instead of two hours and two podcasts. Two hours thirty. Fuck me. But the problem was that that, that uh, last time what we did, we we fell into the habit. Of, we would talk. We were running through everybody else's lists, and it was a whole lot of people just describing lists, which is not good content. And then after a while, somebody decided to start hanging shit on the lists, which was worse content. Look. Uh, I'm I'm glad you talked me into that. That that I I think if I'd woken up tomorrow morning and I'd gone you, like as much as I I really enjoy that Beyonce song. If I hadn't have picked an Australian hip hop song anywhere, I just don't know whether or what I would have done. Look, even if you're on a desert island, I'm sure somewhere you will accidentally hear some Beyonce. <laughs> That's <anyway>. right. <laughs> it'll be so. I think it'll well, be. I think, I think in somewhere in the world. Somewhere generic fucking pop will be piped in somewhere. Well, so you'll be fine. When we Don't get matter. rescued by the cruise ship, that'll be the first thing they play. Yeah, it, it'll be on in the background. If if you phone emergency services, it'll be the whole music. 
We knew that. That's true. Hello, I'm on a desert island. Can you help me? Sure, please hold. Okay. Do, 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 do. That fucking, you know, have some generic fucking B105 style music. Uh, we'll, we'll be playing at you. So can you just, in the, in the can you just remind me, what were our number ones in our top top 50s? Um, your top your top 10, uh, Dakota Ring, Taste of Secret, Surrender, Angel Dust, Deep Down and Dirty, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Shinky Row, Killer Vision, Foggy Highway, and The Calling was your number one. Yeah. For me, uh, 10 was Fiscal Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. Nine was Deep Purple by Machine Head. Eight was The Monarchs Make Your Own Fun. Monarchs was uh, Brad Shepard from the uh, Huda Gurus um, side project, which I really, really loved. Um, seven was Oasis, definitely, maybe. Wow. Six was The Stalkers hang, hang Rock on, and Roll. Hang on. Hang on. Did she just say definitely maybe was your number seven? Definitely maybe was my number seven album of all time. Um, did, did Ace in was, 2010. was Ace McWicked Which, standing next to you with a gun to your head? It was 2010, Bezo. <laughs> and if, if we if the desert island just extended to maybe 20 or 30, it would probably be there. Um, that's a good album. It's their only good album. Yeah, um, sure. Stalker's Rock and Roll, which is more of an EP. Jimi Hendrix Experience, Are You Experienced? Which, if I was going to pick one of those 60s psychedelia albums, they probably would have got in. Uh, the Datsuns, number four. Sex Pistols, and Mind the Bollocks, which we finally got around to doing as a classic recently. Adam and I did the um, Defending the Indefensible yes. uh, which, thing, which, trope. Which I- number two was Motorhead Ace of Spades, which I would love to have found space because it, it describes – Motorhead Ace of Spades describes an entire space of music that I absolutely love. Like, there, if you if you find me a band that plays plays stuff that sounds like Motorhead, I will immediately love that band. The Drippers are an example of that. Charger are an example of that. Um, and my number one uh, album was uh, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. That's where we were. Our Desert Island Discs of the period had some of the same albums in them. Or- Basically, I think if we did the same exercise in, in a month's time or next week or tomorrow, we would end up with a different list because this is hard. It's hard. It's really hard. And it depends what the wind, what direction the wind's blowing and how, how you're feeling about shit. Well, we have to keep moving on. So what have you got that's new? I mean, do we have to? <laughs> well, we could just stop the, we could stop the podcast right here if you like. I mean, people have been asking us to do that for years. <laughs> Uh, why give them the fucking satisfaction? Look, it for me, it's just worth it to occasionally get the Little Sims or the Gentleman's Dug Club or the Raw Bloods, you know, or the Fiddlers. Like, I, I don't think I ever would have found that Fiddler album without this podcast. So, yeah, I'm going to keep going. Truck on, as they say. All right, what have you got that is new? <laughs> it's, it's when they tell us to truck off is the problem. Uh... I have Syphilis. a soul album. I'm going to go with St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Never heard of them before. Supposedly it's a soul album. Uh, I hope there's some vocals on it. It's called The Alien Coast. That sounds interesting. Look, soul is a funny thing, right? That Aaron, Fra- I really like that Aaron Fraser album, but then I reckon I listened to four or five other Soul albums that year that I just thought were pretty, pretty fucking der- derivative and not that interesting. So yeah, 
hit or miss? I'm going to throw at you a Melbourne band that used to be a Blue Oyster cult covers act who decided to do their own stuff. (laughs) Of course. uh, Called Rot TV. And they are apparently the Triple R album of the week. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, that's something. Well, it's better than the Double J album of the week, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, Triple R is just basically Double J for Melbourne. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> there's no real difference. Uh, but yeah, they're um, sort of grubby loudness. And I feel like we need some grubby loudness that nobody's interested in um, just, to, just to open up the world to ourselves. What are we going to do as the Joker? Good question. What was the last time we reviewed some albums? I'm trying to think back. Let me go back through the notes and see. The last albums we did was Kerrang Ben, Methyl Ethyl, and Midnight Oil. Yep. And all of those albums sucked. We're not going to do the Rewiggled album as a Joker. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> we are, let's do the Rewiggled album as a Joker. <laughs> I don't even know what covers they're doing. Well... I, and there, oh, I no, do no, have no. A, a cursory look, and it is everybody else doing their songs and then them doing everybody else's songs. All oh, right. I don't know whether we're- Fuck it. Let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. Sp- look, I like Spacey Jane. Spacey Jane doing- and DZ- No, you don't. Spacey Jane are one of those oh, ineffectual no, 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 sorry, fucking um, private schoolboy albums. Not Spacey Jane. DJ Death Rays would be interesting. DJ Death Rays are on Custard. there. The chats are on the there. Chats, the chats doing the, the chats. wiggles. That's hilarious. Yes. I think they're doing, can you point your fingers and do the twist? How are they? Everybody's twisting, Greg. How are they going to work? Let's do that. I mean, what could, we only have to listen to it once and go, yeah, that was exactly what we thought how, it was. How does that not have the explicit tag on it? How have they not worked cunts into that, into that <laughs> song? Is, is, is Custard doing Do the Propeller as, like, you know, the Bluey character? Uh, not, not, not like Craig Gower did at the Coochie Bay Hotel. I think that's basically, it's not that kind of propeller. <laughs> Uh, All right, we'll do the we'll do the rewiggled album. Um, wow! Because we couldn't figure out who, who deserves the fucking uh, the the Joker. Joker, so we've decided that we both deserve to be punished. Well, is that a Diplo? So, oh god, no, I think I prefer the Wiggles, even though it's the weird Wiggles, the weird late kind of Anthony Field has plastic teeth Wiggles. Well, I was thinking about this, right? They're they're like the in excess of kids' music, right? Where they just keep replacing parts, but keep on going but they've still got fucking carry carry beers up the back looking weird yeah well that them and muse hey they've still got kirk ping gilly Head- apparently muse are about to put out yeah, an yeah that's what, well that's what so. i was saying because all the the alive members of in excess are fucking anti-vaxxers so ah yes. all your heroes mate they're just destined to be fucking at least Patton's still <laughs> drinking his own piss Yes. <laughs> he can't possibly believe in anything bad. <laughs> He's still drinking his own piss and banging the shit out of that chick from that fucking album he made. All right, Doc. This Upsetting. This was fun. And it didn't take- I mean, it, it, it was more fun than last time. it didn't take two and a half hours. Although, probably less hungover. I'm going to make less fucking permanent enemies, I imagine. Look- I probably drank as much scotch this time as I did last time, but I didn't have, like, 19 wines beforehand, so that's a win. True, true enough. I think the, the entire point of this exercise was to explore how much our music taste has changed. So ha- and, um, how many- Yours hasn't. You you haven't grown at all, you <laughs> absolute fucking infant. Hang on, I picked- Whereas I 
have developed incredibly, and I'm a mature adult, and I'm much better than you. Um, that's near, as near as I can tell what we need to learn from this. So, Good night, everyone. So, so hang on. How many, pod, how many podcast albums did you pick? Uh, two, I think. And I, I am going to say that I picked two as well, because I think that Patton album was the album that kicked this podcast off. No, no, it's not a, po- it's not a podcast album. You got Freddie Caesar. You got Little Sibs. Yeah, so two and two. Fucking give us a break, eh? Yeah, but they, you would have picked those albums anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Doc. I'll catch you next week for some more tunes. Cheers, mate. See ya. Right on the hour. How fucking good is that? Could be cowards in the end. And the death comes quick. In the desert, my friend. Nothing is quick in the desert. <laughs> if I had to describe the way I'm supposed to.